This episode is brought to you by Graybar. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products that supports projects of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, and more. Yep, Graybar does that. Graybar operates with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. But here's what makes them different from the competition. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals build and maintain the operations in their electrical, communications, and industrial world by providing them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Yep, Graybar does that. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R dot com. Yep, Graybar does that. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. As we speak, I'm in my 38th year of being self-employed, but when my business was bigger, I needed Indeed. Frankly, because I wasn't all that good at finding and hiring the right candidates. But by leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with the right candidates faster. And Golf Smarter listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Please visit Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That's Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? You need Indeed. Big realization over the last eight or 10 years is what's really important in a shaft is the profile of the bending of the shaft and the flex of the shaft. And something that might be called stiff is way different than somebody else's stiff shaft. What's the balance of the weight of the club? Should you make the club head heavier? Should you make it lighter? Does that affect whether you'll hit the center of the face or not? One of the kings of everything about club fitting is being able to hit the center of the face. And if you get that right with somebody, they know it, they feel it, it matters. So everybody's going to get some benefit from being professionally fit. Maybe more, in a lot of ways, the people that are high handicaps. And are high handicaps, they would benefit more. I think so. And why is that? So much more room for improvement. Golf Smarter number 787 is brought to you by Get Mister, the makers of The Daily, the first dermatologist-developed health brand helping men build their healthiest skin without the hassle of multi-step routines. Visit GetMister.com and use Golf Smarter to unlock their limited-time exclusive offer of 25% off your first purchase. That's G-E-T-M-R. 
GetMister.com. The brilliance of the late Carrie Mumford and the art of custom club fitting with Tony Wright. This is Golf Smarter. Sharing stories, tips, and insights from great golf minds to help you lower your score and raise your golf IQ. Here's your host, Fred Green. Welcome to the Golf Smarter Podcast, Tony. Hello, Fred. Good to be here. It's great to have you on. You reached out to me. I'm yeah, pretty, this is, this I've is... seen you online yeah. and, and know that you have a podcast, but did you reach out to me? I did. I was driving. Um, I found a place to get vaccinated that was about an hour away from me, okay, which is a strange story in itself, but we won't go there. Um, and so I was looking for something to listen to while I was driving. And I didn't have to put my GPS thing on. I knew where I was going. And somehow I found links to two episodes you had done with Carrie Mumford. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I listened to one on the way up and I was listened to one on the way back. And I thought, gosh, that was really neat. And so I just, on a whim, you know, doing podcasts, you reach out to people once in a while. Like, I, you know, I'm sure you do. Right. And yeah. just ask something. Right. I said, what if he doesn't respond to me? So what? <laughs> and and I said, uh, hey, Fred, you know, I really loved Carrie Mumford. He was an amazing person. Uh, and. And that just sort of started things. And you said, well, why don't you come on the show? We talk a little bit about Carrie. And, you know, I met him first. I think it was like 2000, met online, like 2006, something like that, mm-hmm. 2009. And we had corresponded back and forth for years and years and years. And what oh. an amazing, what an amazing person. Yes. And, and, and I've almost had this little thing since he died in 2013, is there some way to get his books out there? Because his books are a little different, right? I mean, the one book that he did, a putting book, it's an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was sort of the the format of it, and uh, and, and it linked back and forth and all these kind of things. But so every once in a while, I try to reach out to somebody or – say something and, you know, hey, can we find a way to get these things published? Because they were, like he was, amazing. Yeah. Okay. And so. he was a treasure. Yeah. And so I thought, well, hey, this is another way to kind of do that and, you know, see where it goes. And it's interesting what happened since, you know, I first talked to you because, in fact, today, I thought I did not have the link to his putting book. He did a a putting e-book. Talks about yips, talks about anxiety, talks about, you know, all kind of things related. And we did, you know, you're going to bring in some things from him um, related to his clear key and using him in putting. And somewhere in my list of emails, I found the download key, the 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 unlock key to the book. So now, gosh, I'm going to go back and read it again because I haven't looked at it for oh. years. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So yeah, I met. I met Carrie through the Bird Golf Academy out of uh, Arizona. Um, I went and did a, a, I interviewed the the guy who was running it. I can't remember his name now, but while I was there, I got to meet Carrie. And so I interviewed him a couple times after that. Uh, And they've come back. Now I've, uh, they're available on uh, Golf Smarter Mulligans, uh, episode 16 and 26. Mm -hmm. We're up to 
we're up to episode 100 right about now um or so with uh with mulligans but it was early on and it is still available and carrie was um a definitely one of the mental game gurus who was incredibly special and really could nail it um i did f go through and and uh, pull out a couple tracks uh, we can play them back from those two episodes kind of tease those episodes about about um yeah, the, the four personality styles he hated calling them styles but the four personalities of golf and it was like okay that's interesting but how does it relate to golf so i'll play those uh, here in later when we get talking yeah, about yeah. that um and we'll we'll come out of commercials with carrie that's a good way to do this uh and so and yesterday funny you say that yesterday i received an email from somebody saying can you tell me how to find anything online about Carrie Mumford? I want to know more about the clear key system. And the clear key to me, what I remember about it, he taught me is when I was at that school is this nonsensical uh, rhyme that he had me do in my head that kind of throws me away from thinking too much about making the swing. Right. And he had me saying, Mary had a little lamb. I wish I had one too. Right. So it's like, wait, that's not right. It's Mary had a little lamb. No, Mary had a little lamb. I wish I had one too. One, Mary had a little lamb. I wish I had one too. Set up to the walk up to the ball. Now I start it from behind the ball, say it once, say it while I'm walking up to the ball, say it one more time when I get to the ball and pull up, pull the trigger and swing. And it was really helpful, really helpful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had many, many, I think he worked. Pretty sure at one point he worked with Al Guyberger, for wow. example. But there was uh -huh. a, you know, the other thing that I did when I preparing, I went back and looked on the bird site, right? The bird golf yeah. site. Yeah. He was face to face with more than 22,000 PGA members at one point in his career or another. Listen wow. to this. Listen to this. Okay. And he did more than 200 clinics in 30 states and Canada. I mean, I didn't know that. And as much That's as amazing. I had had kind of connected with him, I just didn't realize that, you know, the breadth of the connection this guy had with, with people. Um, he had an influence on a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he a did. lot of people Very don't special. know about him. Yeah. It's well, that that's what I love about doing this show is that there's a lot of great instructors out there that no one's ever gonna hear of. And I love finding them. Yeah. bringing them out and and sharing them with people the other thing i gotta say i gotta be honest about this the other thing that caught my attention when you wrote to me was your email address oh tony at game improvement golf.com no no your so your real name what? is anthony wright w-r-i-g-h-t oh, okay. and your email address was all right oh <laughs> i never <laughs> thought about it like <laughs> a-w R-I-G-H-T. All, All right. right. All right. So yeah. it's like, and then when I went through, it's like, oh, <laughs> shoot, his name's Anthony. <laughs> I, just, I, I thought, what a great email address. All right. So, <laughs> I, so I, I thought it was definitely yeah. worth talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a little bit about um, Game Improvement Golf and, and uh, your podcast. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about your podcast, and then we'll get into what the business is that you have. Sure, sure. Um, well, I've had a business since like 2006, but somewhere around um, 
maybe 2013. Of course, your podcast was way earlier than that, right? But yeah. podcast kind of started to be more something 2015. To do. Yeah, yeah, 2015 like that, right? was a big was a big year for podcasts. Yeah. yeah. So 2000, the end of 2013, I thought, gosh, let's do this. It would be interesting, and maybe I could, awesome. you know, find people to talk to and and do it. And uh, so, typically, about every two weeks, I do one with somebody. And what do you? What's your content? And, what do you um, content about? is club fitting, professional okay. club fitting, not club fitting, which I see as a difference. Okay. Um, um, short game improvement. Okay. How do you improve it for short game? Improving putting, which is one of the things I do a lot, is helping people improve their putting, and how people should practice. Okay. Mm. So, um, you know, sometimes I talk to club fitting friends or people who are really smart in the club fitting world and uh, been fortunate to find a number of really interesting putting gurus and some people smart about putting to talk on it. And then, um, you know, variety of other people and improvement, you know, like somebody you interviewed recently, Ryan Caserta, who is a fascinating guy mm -hmm. um, and one of my other putting friends brought him to me, said, you really should talk to him. And, you know, so, you know, 170 episodes now, not up in the 700s like you. Well, but, that's, but, that's <laughs> just one step at a time, man. That's right. <laughs> You'll you, get there. You, you kind of do it. And, uh, yeah. and so I do, I do club fitting and I've done it since I, um, since I really got interested in it back in around 2006 when, a guy here in town who was a club fitter took this uh, so-called fitted driver and says, what are you doing playing with this? It's terrible. <laughs> and I won't, I won't say whose club it was, what company's yeah, club, right. but he built me a, you know, a custom built club, KCG. You might've heard of KCG and he built me some irons and I just got interested. And then I learned about people like Tom Wishon. You may know Tom who is, a big person now retired. in the whole, yeah. now retired, uh, uh, pretending and, to, and pretending as, a, to be as an old radio guy. Yeah, yeah, right. As an old radio guy, one of the greatest voices of all time, Tom Wishon. <laughs> besides being a, besides being brilliant about e golf equipment, um, yeah, and, and golf clubs. Yeah, I just loved listening to his voice. <laughs> and his mother lived around the corner from here. We never got a chance to meet. Oh, really? His mother lived Goodness. really close to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's take a time out. We'll come back and maybe we'll play a little bit of uh, uh, of Carrie Mumford coming out of the commercial, and we'll be back after this. This episode of the Golf Smarter Podcast is brought to you by GetMister.com, makers of the Daily, the first FDA registered three in one moisturizer aftershave, and safe sunscreen that was formulated specifically for men. I hate to be pushing hard on this single topic each week, and I'm sure that Get Mister would like me to focus on the other benefits of the daily, like being a smooth aftershave or a wonderful skin moisturizer. But wearing SPF can reduce your risk of skin cancer by 40%. And men are more likely to develop skin cancer than women. Don't be foolish in thinking that you won't damage your skin because it's cloudy or it's winter. UVA and UVB rays are just plain harmful. Listen, do you think you wouldn't get cavities if you only brushed your teeth once a month? Same with skin cancer. It's cumulative and the UV rays can hurt you all year. Take advantage of the 25% discount on your first order that 
Get Mr. is offering to the Golf Smarter community right now. Use the checkout code GOLFSMARTER to order their convenient subscription with travel size bottles with the awesome little pop-up display pump. I just love the bottle. The, you twist it, it pumps, you twist it back, it's clean. You'll have to see it to believe it. And remember, it's a limited time offer. Go to G-E-T-M-R, getmister.com today. Your skin will thank you, as I do for supporting a sponsor that I really appreciate having. Again, take advantage of that 25% off your first order with the checkout code GOLFSMARTER and use the daily from GetMister, hashtag every damn day, G-E-T-M-R, GetMister.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The driver is the guy who thinks things up. The persuader is the person who promotes the things the driver thought up. The craftsman is the guy that gets the work done, and the analyzer is the quality control guy. Now, we all have a little bit of all four of those in us, but we also have at least one of them. Sometimes it's a double, but usually one that is the distinct leader. And most of what people observe in you and me will come from the one that is the leader. The the others will condition the way that appears, okay? You and I are similar in age. You're a little bit older than I am. But you said that in, in, the, in the 2000s when you started doing the club fitting, what were you doing ahead of that? Oh, okay. I... Uh... I had a 35-year career as a senior scientist and uh, program manager at a place called Oak Ridge National Laboratory. So I've got, did, a, I've got a PhD, do? and I did a lot of things. <laughs> so you're Dr. All Right. I'm Dr. All Right. I'm actually Dr. All Right, yeah. Yeah, I did things in re- reactor safety and industrial energy efficiency and a lot of other a lot of other things I got, there was a neat place to work because I, every six or seven years tended to do something a little different. Okay. Awesome. Fabulous. Fabulous place. Why golf club making? Okay. What was the, what was the attraction? Why did you make that change? Well, it was time to to making a living. (laughs) Yeah. It was time to retire, but you know, the, the, the way go back. Okay. Is, when I was a kid, I was a caddy at a country club. Ah, okay. the old caddy story. Right. But <laughs> I got, because I was connected with some amazing people through that country club, uh, the neighbor who took me to the place to, to caddy and some people that just really liked me. Okay. Um, I got a four, a four-year total tuition scholarship to a place called Carnegie Mellon University. Wow. Okay, they had a Western wow. Pennsylvania, they had a Western Pennsylvania Golf Association um, caddy scholarship program that I still connect with because they changed my life, you know. Sure. <laughs> and so I loved golf when I was a kid and watched Arnold Palmer and all that stuff. But you know, like I said in the last little segment, 
you know, just got, I had gotten interested back in golf again, sort of 1986, something like that. And started, you know, kind of following this guy who was a club fitter. Okay. Um, I'd go to a shop, I'd see what he had and all these kind of things. And then when I had this little issue, issue with this club that, you know, why can't I hit this? You know, I went through a quote unquote fitting and he said, well, the fact is the shaft is like a board. It's a, most human beings couldn't hit this club, you know? <laughs> um, and, and, and that kind of started me down the road. And then also, you know, as you said a couple a, little, a few minutes ago, when, when we, before the break, I found one of Tom with Sean's books, um, the right. search, the search for the perfect golf club. And that mm-hmm. really got me juiced. Okay. So um, that's what kind of started me down that road. And so that you new life after, yeah. after retirement, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what awesome. I've been. You know, my wife says maybe even more than she wishes I was, but, <laughs> but I love, <laughs> I love it. I love helping golfers play better. Yeah. I, 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 completely I love agree. that they find things that they didn't realize they could do. I love trying to get better and talking to people who can help me do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then fascinating stories like yours as well. Always, always gets me going. What? So then, oh, now I, I'm asking you questions from the scientific side. Um, so what was it about Carrie Mumford um, that, that sucked you in? I didn't think, you, I didn't know you were going to ask that and I wasn't even prepared. What about him was, he was just a little off the beaten path about, his enthusiasm for things related to golf psychology and the fact that a lot of the information out there, he could make a really good case that people weren't getting the truth. Hmm. Okay. You know, about being on automatic and about putting yips and about how to train and whole range of things. Okay. And then I guess, because also something about him, the fact that he'd just respond to me and I could ask questions if it, feedback information and, and talk, as you know, he uh, ended up about um, an hour for me in Crossville, Tennessee. Okay. Um, and I actually went to, uh, I went to, to lunch with him one time, which was a real delight. It was a year, a year or two before he passed away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was getting up there. He, he had threatened to come and play golf with me in Oak Ridge a couple of times, but just wasn't able to do it. But um, I just found everything that he wrote fascinating. Uh, the stuff about styles, for example, I know you did part of your interview with, you know, I went back mm-hmm. and looked at that. I still had, I did his style, um, his style assessment. And it, you know, it made sense to me um, what was in there. And uh, and then I had his book, The Double Connection, which now I can't find, which I believe was, uh, you know, an online book. Okay. And and excuse me there, he talked about clear keys and how to use them and how to create them and what they did for you know, what they do for people. And it just, uh, you know, it just resonated with me. So this sharp guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so here, here's someone talking about the mental game, the mental aspect, the emotional aspect of playing golf to a scientist who sees things as equations and, you know, hard facts and, you know, I don't want to say black and white, but 
and that, but it resonated with you. Yeah. I'm finding this really interesting that, that the mental game aspect really got you going, even though that you spent a lifetime career um, working in science. And also, you know, if, if you're just like me, you've had times when it, it happened, right? Yeah. When you were in a zone situation where yeah. there was just clearly something in how you played in, you know, the time I shot 71, for example, I shot 71 and I had gone out that day partly because there was something going on the next day at church and I couldn't get out of doing it. It's really strange. You know, how do these things happen? Right. But I went out and it just all it, it just all clicked and it doesn't totally click all the time, but it clicks sometimes. And it, it, these things click enough for people in terms of having zone experiences that you kind of wonder where where's that coming from? And I think Carrie felt <laughs> like today of all days. Well, I think Carrie believed that that he kind of knew the answer that if you apply clear keys, that that yeah. You can get on automatic. It may not happen all right. the time, but you can. Right. And, and right. So when you say you shot a 71, is that like a radically outrageous score for you? Yeah, or you know, are you a yeah. low handicapper generally? Well, I'm a seven or eight from senior okay. keys now, you know, so, okay. Who cares? Yeah. You're still right. seven or eight. You're yeah. still making the shots. Yeah. I don't care where yeah. you land from. Yeah. So, you know, that's still my goal again as, as a 71 year old to do that again, to shoot my age, right? I'm uh, searching, Always. searching for that. That would be quite an achievement. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fabulous. So, so his everything, everything that he ever wrote. I mean, he was, he was a little bit of a maverick, I think, even though I said earlier yes. that, that, you know, he taught all these people, right. He connected with all these people, but there was just something about him that, that just made sense about what he talked about. Hmm. Hmm. Let's talk about uh, your other specialty and that and what got you into the golf industry, and that's uh, custom club fitting. Um, you mentioned a minute ago that uh, that club fitting versus pro pro club fitting are very different. Well, I think it, I think everybody wants Why? to use the word custom these days, right? Yeah, and and I think it's sort of diluted what the real people that go after this for people do. I mean, it may not be for everybody. Okay. I get that. But if you go and somebody says they're fitting you for a set of clothes and it takes 20 minutes, they're not fitting you for a set of clothes. They yeah. might get lucky, but I have enough experience in doing this that if you're doing it right, you're not sure exactly you know, it's not a cookbook. We're all human beings that are unique and you never totally know exactly where it's going to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So most of my fittings take one to two hours at least, sometimes longer. Okay. I would think so. To, to get, and that's just, yeah. I mean, I know that the times that I've been fit for clubs, yeah. that it, it took me an hour for a driver fitting. Sure. Sure. And you know, I love my driver. Take some videos too, for example. I mean, if mm -hmm. you're really doing a fitting with somebody, you have to understand what they do. You also, I think, have to know when to call it off. Right. 
right? I mean, there there are times when, for example, you get into tech part of it, although not really high tech, but you know, if the, the face and path of a, a golfer vary by six or seven or eight degrees, there's very little you're going to do to get them into a really superb set of clubs for them. Okay. So, you know, it's time to get a lesson or sometimes it's time to, you know, to have the lock in a correct grip, right? Your grip could be affecting so much in your game. Okay. Right. So, you know, there, there's that, there's that part of it. It's, um, it's a blend of art and science. Okay. Awesome. It's a blend of, of learning from what you already knew and doing it. And it's not, you know, there aren't overnight, overnight successes. Right. Listen, we're going to take another time out. And in the, uh, at the last break, we came out with Carrie actually talking about the um, style, the different style of, of people that he recognized. And when we come out of this commercial break, he'll, the, my question was, how does that relate to golf? And we'll get the answer right after this. Wow, baseball season has begun, and so has another podcast from my personal production archives. Back in 1986, I developed a program for the radio station I was working at in San Francisco, KSFO. As we were the rights holders to the broadcast, and I was a huge fan at the time, the show was about the players for the Oakland A's. And it gained a lot of national press, including Sports Illustrated, probably because of the name and the unique content. Well, it went so well that I ended up doing a lot of legwork and decided it had enough merit to be on a national scale, focusing on current Major League ball players and former Major League ball players, including many Hall of Famers telling stories about their lives in and around the game. It was called Radio Baseball Cards. Now, as fate would have it, I only produced one season, but that meant I did 162 unique episodes and it ran on 40 radio stations across the country. To this day, I still believe that it was some of the best audio content I've ever produced. Well, then in 2017, with podcasting really taking hold, I thought, what the heck? I just want to have it out there so people can hear it. So I repurposed it as a weekly podcast that coincides with the baseball season. Last week, we started our fourth and final season. The host of the show was one of my childhood heroes. Sorry, Giants fans. The late Hall of Fame pitcher for the L.A. Dodgers, Don Drysdale. Each show is only 90 seconds, and here's a taste of this year's first episode. Here's another radio baseball card. Lou Brock has seen many changes in baseball since he started with the Cubs in 1961, but the most fascinating change to him is how the industry has matured. Years ago, uh, you sold baseball. You took your best players, you sent them out on caravans, and they shook hands with all the people, and they got patted on the back in bars, and uh, you were selling baseball. Come on out to buy a ticket and watch this Radio Baseball Cards from Smarter Podcasts is available from wherever you get your favorite podcast. If you're a fan of baseball, or history, or baseball history, then follow us and dig into our archives for these amazing and amusing stories as told by the greatest ball players of the 20th century. That's Radio Baseball Cards, the podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For golf, what it does is it, it allows the person to know when they are in their style and when they're out of their style. If you've heard, you've heard the expression, I, 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 can't, I have trouble getting my game from the practice tee to the golf course, right? Okay, what happens with people is that they go to the practice tee and they practice in a style that either they have imagined that they want or they intend to be. or they, In other words, if they don't practice in the style Mother Nature gave them, when they go to the golf course, they're going to hit that style and they're not going to be able to find what they were working on on the, on the practice range. In other words, if, if I'm a if I'm a persuader and I'm over there on the practice range trying to be very detailed in the way I go about my game and being very precise and thinking a lot about the mechanics of the game, when I go to the golf course, that's not going to be available to me because I'm going to be out there playing like a persuader, and it's gonna I, I will be at a loss to know where I am or what I'm doing. So it has orientation in it. You've got to be well oriented to play the game of golf. Believe me. I want to keep picking uh, your brain about the club fitting thing, and let's start with, for the amateur golfer, whether they're a 7 like you, I'm an 11 these days, uh, 15, 18, 22. Should everybody get fitted for clubs? Why or would you? Yeah. Lots, of, lots of times I get emails from people going, I'm just starting out in the game, uh, I'm new to it, I don't want to start getting clubs coming, my, my swing's going to change. It's not. No, it's not. You may learn how to get your club face square at path at some point, but your swing is going to probably stay basically the same. So what is the value of being fit for golf clubs? For, for everybody, right? For everybody. At, at, at everybody. Well, why would you not be want to be, for example, in the set of clubs that are the right length for you? To put sure. you in a in an appropriate athletic position to make a good swing. So that's almost a you know a given for somebody in terms of golf clubs. Okay. And do you want ma major manufacturers don't really take into account that um I could be five foot six and my buddy who's playing the same set of clubs is six foot two. They they right? have you can get options for that, but but often you're not put in clubs that are other than standard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, probably the people that are, that are taller get more options in many ways than that because they really know that they need longer clubs. Okay. But even there, you know, if you're taller, you know, maybe you don't need the, the kind of shafts that you need to keep the weighting right might be different than somebody that's playing a shorter club, different things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So, a golfer, you know, some golfers will get into just play it, buy a set of clubs and extra stiff shafts. Well, does that fit everybody? Of course not, right? And then there's extra stiff versus extra stiff versus extra stiff. Big realization over the last, I would say, 
eight or 10 years is that what's really important in, in a shaft is the profile of the bending of the shaft and the flex of the shaft, okay? And something that might be called stiff is way different than somebody others, somebody else's stiff shaft, okay? Um, what's the balance of the weight of the club? Should you make the club head heavier? Should you make it lighter? Does that affect where you hit the center, whether you'll hit the center of the face or not? I mean, one of the kings of everything about club fitting is being able to hit the center of the face. And if you get that right with somebody, they know it, they feel it, it matters, okay? So everybody's going to get some benefit from being professionally fit. Um, maybe more, in a lot of ways, the people that are high handicaps. But why not? There are high handicaps. They they have they would benefit more. I think so. I think they tend to benefit more. Yeah. And why is that? So much more room for improvement, right? Oh, great. Right. Yeah. But still, then you know, the low handicap might be playing with something. I mean, I had a friend that I know is like a three or four, and I and I spec the shafts that he had, and they were super soft, and I was really surprised. And I don't think they were really a fit for him. For some reason, he just liked them, but. You know, but he's a three yeah. or four. Who's going to tell him yeah. you're doing well, they something can, wrong? They, they can they can adapt. You know, people people that are that are have that high skill level can adapt a, a lot more than somebody that 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 doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. But you know, back again, in particular, those people that are that are starting, get something that gives you the chance to find a swing that really works for you, rather than fighting clubs. Right. So that that's kind of my answer with this simple answer to that. Yeah, it's a good one though. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. I you know, the one thing that's really blown me away about all these conversations that I've had over the years, and it feels like I've had a, a PhD program in golf instruction over the years, what I've learned, um, is the amount of nuance. The deeper you get into this rabbit hole, the amount of nuance involved in golf with, from equipment to mechanics, all the way to the mental game, the, the, you, just little things that you hear about, but it may take a long time before you really actually get it, yeah. right? Well, one of the things that I don't get is the nuance in equipment. The, you know, I, I, I get that you know uh, you, you want to have the proper um shaft as far as whether it's a stiff or a regular or a, a what was it called soft flex i just the different flexes right right yeah the flex uh, but then you also have uh the length of the shaft which you already brought up uh and and now a big conversation is the grip and because people are starting to use thicker grips that's right. a great that's a great thing for me to tell you right now. My please this hand, right? See a little blue thing on here? I just had I just Left had hand. um middle yeah. finger. Yeah, not giving I'm it the to only you. one can see you. I'm good. Oh <laughs> I just had uh, trigger finger surgery and I've got arthritis. Oh. Okay. I got some arthritis mm -hmm. in my hand. Well, you can make a huge difference 
in somebody's ability to enjoy the game by finding a set of grips that allow them to play and hold the club easily if, if they have arthritic problems. Mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. through some of my club fitting friends, I didn't, wasn't even aware of it. The wind dry, you've heard of wind dry tech grips, right? Probably. Sure. Okay. They have a new W-I-N-N. version. And, and they have a new version, wind dry tech LT, less taper. So, and that's a big, there's a lot of grips coming out these days with less taper in the right hand. But these grips are soft, but the right hand has a little bit less taper. And when I you say taper, I, I need you to break that down. Not at the bottom of the grip. It tapers right down part, from right. the top to the down towards the shaft. Right, right. Okay. Right. But the feeling in my hands with these grips compared to what I had before I was starting to have some of these problems, totally different. I can really? hold the club easily. I had I got another two other people right now in the middle of regrouping their clubs with these grips both of them with arthritis problems it it makes a difference you know how has it um, impacted your your i haven't played with them yet but i but i but i know that i'm going to have a lot better chance and ability to hold on to the club and make a good swing with them yeah mm-hmm. i had a little i had a little back and hip problem for a couple of months so i hadn't played much over the winter but mm-hmm. just kind of started yeah. back but but yeah, yeah. it's I hope, a, I hope you're feeling yeah. better and you're fully strong this spring yeah oh yeah well you know like we said we're vaccinated so there you go but <laughs> i mean grip is grip is so there's not a cookbook on grip either you know a lot of no you when my club fitter when i go in for new grips he goes what do you want and i'm like i don't know yeah but when i'm fitting i'm very careful about grips though that if i you know, I have specific, there are different weights of grips and different weights of grips can affect your swing a little bit, your, your performance. Uh, if sort of standard grips are maybe 50 grams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go into some of the bigger grips or other styles, they might be 60 or 70 grams. That could change the balance of the golf club. It so could, it's not going to just affect the way you hold the hold club. It, it's but it can actually affect the performance. Yeah. The performance. It could huh. affect where you, where you're hitting it on the face. Okay. Wow. And yeah. you know you gotta not just assume that it doesn't. Wow. Let's take another break um, and hear what's on Golf Smarter Mulligans this week, and we'll come out of it with one more pearl of wisdom oh, from Carrie Mumford. This week on Golf Smarter Mulligans, number one hundred three is our sixth in the nine consecutive episodes dedicated to the lessons of the late Tony Manzoni. Uh, We need to address the elephant in the room. So many people hear Tony talk about his single pivot swing and say, yeah, 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 that's stack and tilt. Not according to Tony, for very specific reasons. I can honestly tell you that when my article came out in Golf Illustrated, I got a lot of emails from people that bought their book and bought their tapes and said, "I I can't do this, it hurts my back, but when I tried your method, I could hit the ball. Now, does that mean I'm right? No, it just means that some people think that my method is easier. I do know one thing. Ben Hogan rotated through the golf ball. He didn't tilt. He was what we call posted straight up and down when he hit a golf ball. He did not tilt back. His chest was left of the target, and he was always in perfect balance. That's our old friend, the late Tony Manzoni, on episode number 103 of Golf Smarter Mulligans being released this Friday. Learn more about Tony on our website at golfsmarter.com slash Tony. 
And the reason we've done that is because you can't find much of Tony anywhere on the web. His book, The Lost Fundamental, One Simple Move, Better Golf Forever, is available on Amazon, and his DVD of the same name can only be seen online through our private channel. To gain access, you need to write to me. Click on the Hey Fred button at golfsmarter.com, and I'll send you the information. Both Golf Smarter and Golf Smarter Mulligans are free podcasts and available wherever you get your favorites. Please follow both so that you can get a brand new episode of either when it downloads to your favorite listening device. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The whole realm of golf psychology has approached the the matter of the mental game as though it were uh, a set of emotions or, or a set of feelings or a, even a set of beliefs and values, when in fact the, the mental game really has to do with how you use your thinking to provide the kind of result you want to get. And what are the myths? of club fitting that most people either repeat or just don't know? The myths. Um, longer drivers are always going to give me a lot more yards. In which direction? Big ones. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. Wow. What a, you know, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that people talk about it. I, I have heard many times that the standard length of, of the shaft for a driver is what, 45 inches? 45 and, and a half, 46, something like that, right? Okay, but if you cut it down an inch, inch and a half, you'll have better control. You won't have as much yards forward, but you'll have better, uh, uh, let's say, less dispersion, and, and you'll be able to hit the ball straighter. But the longer you go, the more chance you're going to be putting you know, if you have a tendency to, to slice or hook the ball, it's going to be emphasized. Is that correct? Well, take it in two pieces, okay? First of all, mm -hmm. the more you hit the center of the club face, the more likely you are to hit as far as you can, right? Mm -hmm. the, the additional part of that, if you don't hit the center of the club face, you know a little bit about gear effect to drivers? Gear effect is, you know, sort of curvature of, of off of off center hits. Okay, if you hit out in the toe, they have the the driver face has a little bit of a, a a curvature to it, and it's designed so that it have a potential to 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 bring a hook back a little bit or bring a slice back a little bit, but it can also promote slices and hooks if you're not hitting the center the center of the face. So I haven't fit a driver longer than 44 and a half inches for as long as I can remember. Most drivers that I fit are somewhere between, you know, for sort of the, I don't know if there's an average man, I've got a driver fitting tomorrow, um, somewhere in the range of 44 to 44 and a half inches long, unless there's some really, really tall guy or something, right? But they'll get more, they can get more yards because they hit the center of the face more. 
they hit it straighter because they hit the center of the face more. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a big myth. Um, not a myth, but, you know, a lot of people don't think about the importance of the whole makeup of your bag. Right? Um, How so? Um, particularly wedges and gapping and things like that. And, you know, getting right, getting the right lofts of the wedges to, to, for, for you. Um, getting the right set of hybrids, for example. Most most golfers need hybrid clothes these, year, these days. I mean, with the way... Uh, lofts are going down and um, uh, continually increase, uh, decreasing uh, to try to get more and more distance. Um, getting that set makeup, it's about scoring. Golf is about playing your best and, 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 and shooting the lowest number. And it's just as important about getting the right set of clubs in your bag as it is whether I hit my six iron 10 yards more. Um, tell me the makeup of your set in your bag. Oh, that's tell interesting. Right now, down. that's well, I changed mine because I'm very oh, really? interested in single length irons right now. And Tom, are you created, really? Oh, a whole nother topic to talk about. We could. Well, Tom, well, Sean just did a new design of single length clubs recently. Um, uh -huh. So my bag has the seven iron through a sand wedge in single length, 37 inches, tip roughly the length of a sort of a standard seven or eight iron okay how tall are you uh six foot okay uh i have a sand wedge i have a mura sand wedge that's a little shorter but i like it in the way it works in a, in a bunker um uh -huh. i've got two hybrids that are single length that are about one inch longer than my irons okay a five and a six hybrid um and i've got a, a four wood and a seven wood that actually i played around with this a little bit i think the seven wood is going to stay at the length that is 41 inches four would make a little bit longer just try to eke out a little bit of distance gap between that and the seven wood but see again it's this getting gapping of distances that's in, right. you know i mean i don't hit it far but i want each club to be doing something a little bit different Okay. Right. And you want it to do what you think it's going to do when you when you do it. Make, yeah, right. When you make right. contact. Right. Yeah, right. And and of course, a driver as well. Right. Yeah. And I playing a crank driver. It's uh, 44 and a quarter inch long. And that's so been my driver length yeah. for forever. <laughs> and how many wedges do you carry? Uh, I've got a sand wedge. It's more of a it's kind of a full. Let's see. So I've got a pitching wedge, gap wedge sand wedge all single length and uh the, and the, the the sand wedge is like 54 degrees of single length and then my mirror sand wedge is 56 degrees there i there i'm purely not worried about the gapping i use the sand wedge only in the sand only but that's and i and i pitch and and hit you know lower lower kind of chip shot stuff all with the sand wedge and and that's you said 56 54, 54 54 degrees the the, okay. the the single link sandwich yeah so a lob wedge no 60 degree yeah lob yeah. wedge a lot of people could do real well to keep lob wedges out of their bags yes, which is another it's a, another topic another, for, yeah it's a whole other episode yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
It's interesting because I carry, so I have a driver yeah. uh, and a, I'll say it this way, a three wood. But years ago, Jesse Ortiz of Orlamar Golf yeah. fit me after I lost my golf clubs from the airline, stole them. Uh, Jesse Ortiz fit me and he goes, you know what? I'm going to put you on a four wood. Mm. Just tell people it's a three wood because you're going to yeah. be able to get it off the, off the ground better. You're going to get it in the air better. And it's been like, I, my friends are like, uh-oh, he pulled out the three wood again. Look out. I, I love that golf club. Yeah. I carry the, so uh, hybrid for replacing my three iron and four iron. So I have two hybrids. Yeah. And then r- right now I'm playing five through nine single length irons. Huh. And which well, from, you can't, from one, can't tell. One, yeah. One iron golf. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. One iron golf. And it's taking me some time to figure out my distances, but I'm starting to, I think I'm starting to fall in love with these clubs. Now I haven't been able to play in the last couple of weeks and, I'm, and yeah. so I haven't had a chance to practice, but I think I'm falling in love with these clubs and they're beautiful too. They're Blackstones. They're really nice and great to look over, which is a big part. I mean, I have a friend who bought his clubs because he liked the font, the numbers yeah. font. And he's like, oh, these are pretty. I'll buy these. Like, really? Yeah. Don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. You can tell yeah. your other friends that. And then um, right now, different wedges. I'm, I'm playing uh, Terry Kaler's uh, Edison Oh, yeah, wedges. right. The new one. Right. right. Yeah. So I'm playing those. My last round, I, I had one of the best rounds I've had in a couple months number of months with that setup, uh, and i play the seymour putter yeah yeah um, so i have one other club though that's really kind of fun and i know you're going to get on here pretty soon i gotta we gotta mention one other carry thing before the end but i have this driver that tom was developed a little fairway driver it's like yeah. a 15 degree driver and it's 41 and three quarter inches long and i hit that thing it's one of the most the favorite clubs I've ever had, and it's it's wow. shorter, and I can hit it. You know, for a seventy-one year oldish, I can hit it about two hundred yards. You can hit wow. it off the tee. I can hit it off the fairway. It's a it's just fabulous little club. So that's great, isn't it? That's great. Yeah. And and when do you pull that out? I mean, at what? There's a couple. The, there's a couple it? holes on our on our course where hitting a driver is not probably a great shot. You know, short mm-hmm. shorter par fours. So I hit yep. that. But sometimes I can hit it from the fairway too. Mm. I love it. It's a neat club. That's great. Gameimprovementgolf.com. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for being on. It was well, great talking to you, Tony. Well, one more thing, I hope. Carrie's oh, book. Please. Carrie's book. Somebody yes, out sir. there must have a copy of it. He's got a putting book. But you know, we're 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 looking to find ways to get some of this back in circulation, right? The Double Connection, C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N. Gosh, I'd love to get a copy of that from somebody if somebody doesn't have it. So, All right. Well, now you have two different podcast titles that you can reach <laughs> out to people and, and ask them to send you the book or tell or write to you. Yeah. Uh, so go to Game Improvement Golf and you can write to Tony from there to Mr. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great talking to you, Tony. Thanks so much for reaching out. Really enjoyed meeting you and best of luck with the podcast. We're going to get it sorted out. Thanks a lot for that. As Tony and I discussed earlier, I was lucky enough to not only meet Kerry Mumford, but also get a chance to be at a weekend golf school in Phoenix where he was teaching. So I got to spend a lot of time and have a couple of meals with him. A wonderful and impressive gentleman. He truly was a gentleman. 
You can hear my conversations with Carrie in our archived episodes that we call Golf Smarter Mulligans. Those are episodes number 16 and 26. You can find those where you get your favorite podcast or check in to hear them at golfsmarter.com. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on what you'd like to hear on an upcoming interview, or maybe you have some ideas, I'm going to keep this one going because I really want to hear from you on this. We're coming up to episode 800, and I'd like to do something special, something different. So please, your suggestions are greatly appreciated. Follow at Golf Smarter in social media. When you follow on Instagram, I usually create a video of our opening tease with the episodes network. It's a great way to share it with your friends so you can introduce them to the podcast as well. And please subscribe to Golf Smarter TV on YouTube. Or if you want to just write to me, just click on the Hey Fred button at golfsmarter.com. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And remember, Golf Smarter listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Please visit Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That's Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.